Hi, this is Meg Williams. You're listening to my song, I Feel a Heartache Coming, off my EP, Maybe Someday, that I released a couple months ago. Uh, you can find my music on megwilliamsmusic.com. I'm on Facebook at Meg Williams Guitar, Instagram at Meg Williams Music, YouTube at Meg Williams Music, and you can find my music on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and uh, probably a lot of other places. <laughs> Like I knew it would for the start Told myself I wouldn't do this again Cause I don't need the trouble of any man I feel a heartache coming Feel something getting started I feel it deep down in my soul I feel like I'm losing Everything that I once knew And it's all because of you Welcome to the Poptimist Podcast, and today we have Meg Williams. Meg, how's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> um, when you got in here, we were chatting a little bit, and you were saying that you uh, you just got some gigs lined up. You've been pretty busy lately. What have yeah. you been up to? 
Oh man, um, well this past weekend I went out to Kansas City and St. Louis with Lauren Anderson. Um, I did some guitar with her and uh, just been doing a lot of shows around town. Tonight I'm playing at Fat Bites out in Donaldson mm -hmm. and they got some great Rubens. So. Shout out to Fat Bites. <laughs> Shout out to Fat Bites. Yeah, so just yeah, playing a lot around and traveling a bit and yeah. Being a working musician is always good. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Having gigs is always nice. They're, they're not always around, but I, I feel like when they start to come around, you get ten at once. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of, yeah, that feast or famine. Yeah, <laughs> it does feel like <laughs> Tons that. Tons or not, not very many, but especially now that it's starting to get nicer out again, they're really picking up. Yeah, it's starting to pick up. Yeah, there's kind of that, like, January uh, lull. <laughs> mm -hmm. Every year it happens. Every All the musicians year. put their gear up on Craigslist. They're trying to make rent. <laughs> yes. That's the best time. It's That's cold. the best time of year to, to buy stuff. Yes, is in January Junior. when musicians are desperate. Yes, their tax returns haven't come in yet. Oh man. <laughs> so, um, how long have you been in Nashville for? About a year and a half. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. Where'd you move from? Uh, Rochester, New York. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is that where you're originally from? I'm from Hornell, New York, which is about an hour south of Rochester. So, same general area, though. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Did you go to school for music? I did. Music therapy. Music therapy. Very yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that experience like? Um, well, I went, to, I went to school up in Rochester for music therapy, and I mean, I loved it. It was, I really enjoyed the college I went to, and um, I spent some time at the Hawk Science School of Music doing music therapy and some adapted lessons, and yeah, it was great. Um, it's a great profession. If anyone wants to learn more about music therapy, they should uh, check out the music, American Music Therapy Association website. So it has tons of information on that. And what exactly <laughs> is music therapy? So it is using music to bring about a positive change in someone's life that is not necessarily a musical goal. So a behavioral change or communication or a social change. So if, um, for example, maybe using singing to work on speech goals mm. or group music therapy to work on social interactions and appropriate social interactions with people. So kind of using uh, yeah, music to, to help assist in bringing about... Social cues, kind of learning mm -hmm. so, how to yeah. fu how, like function... Mm -hmm. in, a, yeah, so, in a social setting. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of, it's different for it's different for everybody. It's all based on the individual needs. So music therapy is going to look different for everybody. It would look different for someone who might have Alzheimer's or someone with autism mm -hmm. or yeah, so it's it's really just it's you see what the person presents you with and you, make, you cater to them. Based yeah. On what their yeah, needs you're based are. a yeah, treatment plan based around what you see that they need. Okay. So, yeah. Was there was there anything in particular that made you pick that as a profession? Was there something or someone in your life that you saw really benefit from something like that? Or was it something that you just saw and you're like, this is really interesting? I think there was two um, big moments, I think, that, that really geared me towards that, mm -hmm. that degree and that major. Um, when I was in high school, um, I'd lost a friend in a car accident, and um, I took it upon myself and with another friend to create a uh, like a mini music festival in his name, and have um, 
raise money for um, a scholarship in his name. So we had a lot of local bands and some of our friends' bands, and we were selling different like magnets and pins and T-shirts and just all kinds of stuff, all related to this person. And um, I also wrote a song for him that we sang there, and uh, we wound up raising quite a bit of money for a scholarship in his name. And somebody brought in a <laughs> somebody that I knew. Um, brought in a pamphlet on music therapy. She worked in a hospital and I mean, she gave it to me. She's like, you should really, you should really check this out. This seems like something, cause I just, I loved taking it upon myself to help people through music. And, um, and then, yeah, a few years after that, I had a teacher that um, was in a coma for several months and um, it wasn't a music therapist that came in and played music for him but somebody came in and played music for him mm -hmm. and um, and it eventually he he woke up and came out of his coma uh, many other steps within there but <laughs> sure, <yeah. laughs> but they played a, some song a song by Coco Montoya that he he loved and he recognized it and it was triggered something within him and music he, is, is funny yeah, in that way there, exactly. there's something metaphysical about it that we mm -hmm. can't explain that yeah. think that's why musicians are real mm -hmm. we're in a town full of musicians yes. and they're real interesting people they're i've always said that nashville is like a cross between hotel california and pirates of the caribbean <laughs> there's so many characters here and they're yeah. on such a broad spectrum mm -mm. but yeah music there's this yeah. meta metaphysical aspect to mm -hmm. it that I don't think we can really explain or any science can explain. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a, music therapy is like a form of shamanism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it's, it's like... Yeah it's, yeah, it's really amazing to see, um, yeah, how, yeah, just music, you know, just affects, <laughs> yeah. affects people. So, um, and... Yeah, so, yeah, those were two very big moments, I think, in my mm -hmm. life that maybe helped uh, bring about awareness of music therapy and, um, or at least my desire to help people <laughs> for yeah. music. So, yeah, so those are two two moments that I think helped push me that way. <laughs> the, the thing that I've always liked about you is that you're, you're so wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> like you're you're playing everything about you is just wholesome. It's so genuine in a town where I feel like a Thank lot of you. a lot of time people put on a facade or they try to appear a certain way. I, mm -hmm. I feel like the the Meg Williams that I see is the Meg Williams that I get. That's it. Yep. <laughs> which which Boy, feels unfortunately rare in this town. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What uh, but. what were kind of some of your influences growing up? Who were you into? What was the, or what was the earliest music that you remember? Oh man, well, <laughs> my mom likes to remind me that at two years old, I was dancing around the the living room to a, a mix of Grateful Dead and Barney. So <laughs> I think from Grateful a, Dead <laughs> yeah, and Barney, all yeah, right. You know all the all the hits. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I think from a very, I don't remember it, but I think from a very young age I've always been, you know, interested in music. But when I, so I started playing guitar when I was about nine years old, and um, around that time, and it was acoustic guitar, my mom had an acoustic guitar around the house that she never played, but I was like, I want to play that. So, mm -hmm. um, but a few years after that, um, 
or close to that time, she showed me stuff like Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, and I was like, oh boy, I need to get an electric guitar. (laughs) What is this? So, specifically, Pink Floyd's uh, Comfortably Numb guitar solo. I remember being in the car with my mom, and I was pretty little, and I was like, that is awesome. (laughs) Well, Pink Floyd, (laughs) what I really like about them is that uh, Roger Waters and... uh, what the fuck is the guitarist's name? David Gilmore. David Gilmore. <laughs> they just contrast each other so much yeah. as songwriters. Because mm-hmm. Roger Waters is super, super dark and thematic. Yeah. <laughs> and David Gilmore, so anytime he solos, a mm-hmm. song goes from just going along to where it elevates. Yes. It just takes you to this new height. Oh, he just yes. lets that first note scream every mm-hmm. single time. Oh, he's so great. Yeah, he's so great. Yeah, and then... And then I started, when I finally decided, I was like, yes, I want to play the electric guitar. I want to, I want to do these solos. I started um, taking lessons with um, a guy named Ken Marichek in Alfred, New York. And he showed me the blues. So he introduced me to, like, Almond Brothers and Dwayne oh, Allman yeah. and all these blues solos. So, you know, my, my world had opened up yeah. <laughs> at this point. So, and that's, that's what I love, the blues and rock and classic rock. Yeah, and, it definitely so, comes across in your playing. yeah. Yeah. So, are you into to jam bands at all? Because you, I mean, you, your mom was had the Grateful Dead on, <laughs> and you like the Almond Brothers. So, is that kind of your what you're into? Um, I, you know, yeah, I really like. Yeah, I love Tedeschi Trucks Band, yeah. Almond Brothers. I think I have. I, I don't think jam bands are like my go-to listening band, uh-huh. like Grateful Dead, but um. I do like them a lot, and I will. I I used to listen to them a lot more than I do now. Yeah. Um. I mean, we go through cycles where sure, yeah. Get, like sometimes we're really into a band, and sometimes we're like, ah, oh, like I'll listen to them every yeah. now and then. Exactly. So phases. Yeah, I think as of late, I've been really into southern rock. Like really. Blackberry Smoke is. I love them. Right yeah, now. they're they're, they're coming so here. They're playing at Bridgestone. <gasps> when? Uh, March. <laughs> Sixth or seventh or something like that for the volunteer jam. Oh wait, is that the one with um Charlie it's Daniels? Like a, yeah, like a bunch of people are playing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, they're oh, gonna that's be playing so cool. there, and I think they're playing at Ascend this summer, aren't they? I hope so. Yeah, I would love to see them. Have Charlie you seen, Star is awesome. Is that the singer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen a couple of videos of them just on YouTube of them like playing at Southern Ground Studios. Uh huh. Oh wow. And they're they're great musicians. They're such great musicians. They're fantastic. They can mm-hmm. really play, mm-hmm. at, which again, it feels more and more rare you know, yeah. people having abilities to actually mm-hmm. know their craft of their mm-hmm. instrument um yeah that's and that's personally what i think yeah. draws me to to playing music is that i like that there's never any one particular time where you feel satisfied with your playing mm-hmm. you get through you one thing gotta, yeah you always want to keep thing. on growing yeah. and, and that's the thing about nashville you're surrounded by so many incredible musicians mm-hmm. it pushes you daily to and motivates you, and especially going out to some of the pro jams, yeah. and you're surrounded by incredible established musicians. Yeah, like, yeah. So it inspires you to keep on. Keep I on remember <laughs> the first time I went to a jam. It was Kara's jam ah, on yes, Tuesday we nights. We love Kara. Yeah, shout out to Kara. We <laughs> shout love out you. To um, and I went up to her, Dale Hunter. Do you know Dale Hunter? He's a mm-hmm. keyboard player. Yeah. He he. I worked with him at. Um, at this uh, at this trucking company, mm-hmm. we were both salesmen, and I had kept talking to him about music. He's like, "You need to come out on Tuesday night. You need to come out on Tuesday <laughs> yes. night." So I came out, and I went up to Kara, 
and she was like, are you a pro? And I just didn't even know what the fuck to say. I, I never even played on stage in Nashville before. But I got my ass handed to me multiple times pretty uh-huh. much my first year and a half here. Yeah. I didn't really feel until like six months ago that I, I could even hang at jams because the musicianship is so hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every night I would go home and I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> I fucked it up again. Oh, man. But it really motivated me to get yeah. to get better and want to mm-hmm. be... Um, want to be a journeyman musician because I feel like that's what we're doing mm-hmm. is is we're like carpenters or electricians and you start off yeah. at the bottom and you work your way up through the farm system mm-hmm. yeah just keep on going yeah. yeah and Nashville it really pushes you either to be better or to quit <laughs> I think those are the, the two things that happen mm-hmm. when people get here because I think some people get discouraged really quickly and like don't realize that it takes time and it's yes gonna, yeah but, yes. Uh, yeah. Patience. Yeah. Yeah, and just keep on, keep on going out there. Yeah. Going out there again. <laughs> so when you first moved to town, how were you feeling about it? Did you feel blindsided, or were you like, "I'm ready for this. I know what I'm doing now." Like Nashville as a whole. Yeah, um, yeah. To to play, to go out at the jams. Did yeah. you feel like you could hang? Or yeah. Well, be- prior to moving to Nashville. Um, I spent a couple years playing up in Rochester um, as a solo act and with my band, and I was doing jams up so there. So I felt like I, I kind of, um, yeah, got got a lot of experience doing the jams up there prior to coming down. Yeah. So when I came down here, I um, had a lot of that experience um, mm-hmm. under the belt. But yeah, when I got here, I like I moved down here myself. I didn't know anybody, um, but I knew what I wanted. Yeah. So I think I was just. Um, came down and um just was ready I'm like I'm here for you know I'm gonna do this and um I forced myself to go out every single day and like go to a different jam a different show meet somebody play somewhere so and I've just kept that up since that's what it takes I always see you out oh I'm always out there's never a time where (laughs) you're not out I run into you at all the jams yeah or I just see on Facebook you're playing (laughs) somewhere you you have (laughs) A great work ethic. Thank you. Was that something that was instilled in you? Was that something your parents put in you? Was that a teacher that you had who put that in you? Um, I mean, like, my parents and my teachers have always been, like, incredibly encouraging, but I think it was more personal, like, I want this, I'm gonna do this, kind of just like a personal, um, with, like, a lot of, you know, support, which has been wonderful, but, yeah, I think it ultimately has been, like, a personal, motivational uh, drive. <laughs> yeah. To come down here and yeah. That's what just, it takes. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no real turning back once you, mm-hmm. once you get here. At least that's the way I felt. Exactly. When yeah. I kept getting my teeth kicked in, I just kept <laughs> thinking like geez, I had really the just this rugged period of where I hated the job I was working. Mm. I wasn't happy with my playing at all. Mm. And I I just kept I would get home every night. I would be on my way home and I just think God, I'm such a better player than I'm showing right now. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I just had to practice more. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so funny. I'm, I'm a really big fan, I guess, of patience and discipline yeah. and the, the shit eating that we have to do up front <laughs> to do this as a mm-hmm. career. Like, I'm, I'm a big dork when it comes to tracking my practices. I read everything down. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, there's there's so much work that goes into it. What are some of your practice methods? Is there anything in particular that you that you oh, do? Do you 
do you sit when you sit down? Do you cut out the time every single day to practice? Do you know what you're gonna practice? Um, oh man, well, there's so many different things that I that I have to balance, like because mm-hmm. I also do all my own booking and songwriting and all that too. So I have like throughout the week different things that I tackle, and then um, oh man. I think it's all dependent on like, um, I'm I'll probably devote some days to just songwriting, and then some days to learning different covers or working. It's hard to explain what I do, but yeah, because you do a lot. <laughs> um, as far as like practicing wise, but I guess I just um find something I'm gonna tackle for the day. Yeah. And tackle it. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I can't chip really away. explain. Yeah, chip away, but. Yeah, if, you know, if I have some music I have to learn for, if I'm playing with somebody else, I'll spend time devoted to that. Or if I have, you know, new pieces I'm working on for my group, I'll devote it to that. You treat it it like a job. Yeah. It is a job. It is a job, yeah. 100%. (laughs) Absolutely. Learning tunes. Yeah. I still take lessons. Mm -hmm. I like taking lessons. I like the discipline of taking lessons. Yeah. I'm just a really big fan, I guess, of... uh, Mm -hmm. Of the discipline and the the patience piece of it, because oh, everyone yeah. says that Nashville is a ten year town. I almost hope it's a, it's a fifteen or twenty year town mm-hmm. for me, because I'll just simmer for the longest mm-hmm. time, waiting to just slowly just like chip away, <laughs> chip away, chip, chip away. away, keep on going, keep on going. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen you. I've had the pleasure of playing with you a few times. <laughs> we played at Pop Attorneys together just a couple weeks yes. ago with my friend Ronnie, mm-hmm. who's really great. Yeah. Um, shout out to Ron. He's also the editor of the podcast. Oh, hey, Ron. <laughs> and um, we played, the first time I ever played with you was actually at The Country, nice. back when it was The Country. The Country, now the local. Now the local, yeah. Kirby was playing on drums, oh, which he's probably awesome. my favorite drummer yes. I've ever played with in Nashville. We love Kirby. Shout yeah. out to Kirby. He's a fantastic <laughs> drummer. I was playing bass. Dan Wecht was on guitar. Nice. And then... Um, one of the Casanova sisters was with us. Oh, I actually just awesome. had them on the podcast recently. Very cool. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're really cool. They're yeah, funny. they're great. Yes, they're hysterical. They are. <laughs> um, super talented. We played that song "Angel from Montgomery." Oh, that was one of the nights I felt like I ate shit. It was like nah. one of my first time where I was playing. I can I can hang, <laughs> but just knowing what I'm capable of is just such a dirty feeling. Like knowing <laughs> knowing like just there was there was a fill I could have put oh. there or something different mm-hmm. I could have done. But right. yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. That's oh, what that we sounds do. like a great group. Yeah, yeah and I was... play. I play with uh, Dan Wecht and Kirby a lot. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're great. Yeah. Kirby, just his playing. He, as a bass player, for me, it, it makes it really easy to find yeah. a group. Yeah, oh, he's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. he just hangs tight. You also play uh, with Will Beeman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fucking talented. He's awesome. Yeah, he, he can play everything proficiently. At any instrument. <laughs> any instrument. I play. I played with him on stage when he was the drummer. I played with him when he was a guitarist. When I wasn't on stage, he was playing bass. Yes. So he can hang across. He's great. Everything, mm-hmm. and he can sing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I we're so lucky to be surrounded by so many yeah. amazing musicians. And yeah, and he's really young I'm, too, right? Yeah. He's, he's still in high school. Mm-hmm. I think he's in his last year of high school. But yeah. yeah, he's so, gonna be so a dangerous impressed. player. <laughs> If he's Watch this, out. Yeah, if he's this young, so yes. shout, shout out to Will. Yeah, shout out to Will. Yeah, I'm so lucky to play with all those guys, so, yeah. 
Is there yeah. anything that you have in the works now that the weather's starting to get warmer? Are you going to be recording more soon? So, yeah, I actually just... I've been recording with Will and Dan and Kirby, and we're working Fantastic. together. Fantastic. What a great <laughs> fucking group. Yeah, so um, we're going to have some new stuff. I'm going to be releasing um, two singles over the next few months, and then another whole EP over late summer. So Very nice. Yeah, so we've got some, some cool stuff we're working on, and we're going to do a live in-studio video and recording actually this weekend, so that should be out in a few weeks. So, if you go to my website, MegWilliamsMusic.com. It'll be there. This is the tease yes, for it. this is the tease. The yeah, tease. I'll, share it. I'll share it on the Facebook page, so definitely send cool. it to me. Cool, yeah, yeah, I will for sure. So, I'm super excited about that. That's very cool. The well, video's going to feature uh, a few extra of my friends, so it'll be a nice... What nice studio project. are you recording at? Wild Road. Where's that at? Um, a loose Brentwood. I'm not entirely sure. sure. <laughs> Somewhere between... South Nashville and Brentwood, like that kind of yeah. general oh, okay. area. Yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. So are you cutting everything live in a room? Are you doing overdubs? Um, my goal is to cut everything live, but um, might, if we do any overdubs, it's going to be vocal stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think we're just going to go in, see what happens doing it all live, and then if we need to do any overdubs, we will. Yeah, so, I think that's yeah. the way to do it, mm -hmm. is always to get that live energy yeah. in the room of musicians uh -huh. playing together. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, that's great. cool. Yeah, so yeah, it's going to be super fun. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear it. Me too. <laughs> um, Thank you. So tell me a little bit about what your guilty pleasures are for music. Is there anything oh, that you're yeah. embarrassed to, oh, to share? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, as far as stuff I listen to? Yeah. Oh man! Well, <laughs> if you look at my Spotify, I my listening is all over the place. Like you know those daily mixes that yeah. it makes, where it's like I have one that's like um, all blues and blues rock, and then another mm -hmm. that's kind of the southern rock, Blackberry Smoke. Cause yeah. I haven't listened to that. I don't like hard rock and Metallica and ACDC. Yeah. But then there's one that like I guess my guilty pleasure is. <laughs> I love putting on like 90s music. Really? I love it. Just yes. like the 90s pop hits? Yes. Yeah. Pop rock hits of the 90s. I think that's my guilty pleasure. You third know, Eye Blinds? Like, yes. Matchbox 20. Hanson. You know. Hanson? <laughs> Shout out to Ashley Chapman. She's a I huge know. Hanson fan. Somewhere Ashley is very excited. Yeah. Her ears yes. perked up. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes it's just like, you know, it's just such feel-good music. So. Yeah. And I, you know, I also love... um I love soul music and just feel good, like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff, the emotions. Yeah. And <laughs> so, 100%. And I guess, like, sometimes my guilty pleasure, too, is that I just, I, yeah, like heavy hard rock and ACDC type yeah. stuff. So it's kind of all over the place. It is, but yeah. It sounds, really it sounds is, like but, it. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily like to, like, play that kind of stuff, but I love jamming to it. Yeah, <laughs> Listen to for it. sure. So, yeah. Have you um, have you ever been to Memphis before? Yeah, I went actually in January. I was down there. What'd you think of it? Um, I I really love the well. It's you know it's hard to say because um, I think um the week I was there was very different from like a normal week because it was during the uh, International Blues Challenge week. So yes. it was like a huge influx of yeah. <laughs> tons of people. But I. I mean, I absolutely had such a great time when I was down there. Did I you go to the, the Gibson factory? I tried many times, but it was closed. Really? Yeah. 
yes. So yeah, I kept well, walking were, over, hopeful, and then it was. <laughs> they're in hot water right now. We were like on the verge of oh, bankruptcy. And that's about devastating. To, yeah. Well, some yeah. what they'll do is they'll file bankruptcy, and someone will swoop in and get them for real cheap and save them. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, I love I love my my guitar, my Gibson. So. What uh, what kind of Gibson you play? So like Gibson a... Les Paul Special. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's got the double cutaway. Do you? No, correct me if I'm wrong. You play a Les Paul Junior sometimes? No, so uh, it, that's the one you're thinking of. So it's a special. The Junior, um, I think the Juniors only have like one pickup or something. Like, yeah, just that bridge pickup. Yeah, yeah, but mine has the uh, both pickups. Two. Yeah, yeah. So that's the difference. It looks, and juniors look just like it, except yeah. for they just have the one. And you have the double cutaway, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm thinking. So a lot of people think junior. I do play a junior, but it's not. Yeah, so. I, thought, I thought that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I like Gibsons a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I, as a bass player, I definitely prefer a Fender, but yeah. I actually, I just got this, uh, mm-hmm. this Thunderbird. That's actually Ooh. not a Gibson. It says it's a Gibson. But, but it's my, not a Gibson. No, it's an Epiphone. Fake my Gibson. friend, my friend gave me this bass, and he's like, "Here, take this." That's so funny. And I put flat ones on it. But, uh, <laughs> oh, it's cool looking. Gibsons sing way better than Fenders do. Fenders make you work work for it, and I feel like you hear the mm-hmm. personality of the player more. Yeah. But uh, I feel like Gibsons and Epiphones and kind of their whole deal is that they they sing. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a resonance to them that's mm-hmm. not in, not in yeah. fenders. I get I get so attached to the instruments I like too. It's so like I only have my one guitar. Really. I have been trying for years and years to like pick out a second one, but then I feel guilty that I'm not playing my. Yeah. <laughs> my main one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if you get like that or if anyone else gets like that. I but. owned a 1965 <laughs> jazz bass that Ooh. I had to sell. Uh, not long out. I was in, probably in Nashville for like eight months and I had to sell mm-hmm. it because I was on the verge of getting evicted from the last place that I was living. Oh no. I had impulse quit my job, all this shit. Um, but I sold that bass. I got it for $250 originally. Mm-hmm. So 65 Fender Jazz bass for $250 Ooh. and I resold it for like three or four grand because it had a reef in on it. Uh-huh. So it decreased the value. But it's that base came into my life as a miracle and left as a miracle. Oh, man. I regret selling it a little bit, but not really because it saved me. But the yeah. only one that I, only instrument I ever regret selling was I had this Mustang bass. That was a Squire Mustang bass. Mikey mm-hmm. Way from My Chemical Romance. It was a signature model. <laughs> yeah. And it had one humbucker on it, which is unusual for a Mustang and unusual yeah. for a Fender. And the bass had this silver sparkle with a black <laughs> racing stripe. But any nice. songs that I've ever written, I always use that bass to demo them. Even when I owned my my 65 Fender Jazz bass. Wow. Because this bass just sounded that fucking good. Wow. And I, I always put flat wound strings on my bass. I don't, I don't really like round wounds. Gotcha. Um, I feel like round wounds are good if you're slapping or popping. But if you're trying to groove, there's nothing sounds better than, yeah. than flats. Cool. But that's yeah. the only one I regret wow, selling. Dude. I sold it to one of my students before I left Maine. I think I'm going to be buying it back because I talked <laughs> to him about it's it. coming back to I've been, I've been hitting him up like, yo, you want to sell a bass? Yo, you want to sell a bass back to me? <laughs> I miss my bass. Yeah. Because I used it for all my yeah. freaking demos. It That's was just, so funny. and it was like a, a $200 bass, and it sounds mm-hmm. better than anything That's else awesome. I've ever owned. Playing live, I like playing an actual bass. Yeah. But in the studio, I feel like the short scales, they just sound so big and so punchy. Nice. And it's weird that I had a humbucker. Like, number that one, is- a Fender that has a humbucker. <laughs> number two, uh, a Fender Mustang, a bass that has a humbucker. It's weird. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope you get your bass. Uh, I hope I get it back too, because um, I'll be able to use it for all my demos again. Yeah. They, just, they just play so quick. 
Paul McCartney, he played um, played a short scale. He played those mm-hmm. Hoffner basses. Yeah, yeah. Which those sound badass, yeah. too. Um, are you a big Beatles fan? Um, I mean, I don't, like, actively listen to them. Mm-hmm. Or, like, go out of my way to listen to them. But, I mean, I, I, I like them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're great. But yeah. I, if I'm just going to sit down and listen to music, I'm not going to put on the Beatles. You want something a little bit more <laughs> yeah, shreddy. I some, yeah, I want some, some rock. <laughs> yeah. So you said you're an ACDC fan. <laughs> Which era of ACDC do you like? Oh, man. I don't know. I respect stuff from both eras. The Bon Scott and Brian Johnson. Bon Scott all the way. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like stuff from both sides. Yeah. It's hard to choose. <laughs> I like I like some of the Brian Johnson stuff, but as I've gotten older I, and having listened to them for a really long time, I just... I keep going back to the the Bon Scott stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like they were a little bit more dangerous when Bon yeah. Scott was in the band. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more unpredictable. <laughs> yes. I love all those nice. early tracks, Dirty Deeds, Thunder Cheek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like they were way meaner back yeah. then. Yeah, <laughs> way meaner. Yeah. Not as polished. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I respect, of course, the... Uh, <laughs> the Brian Johnson era, and now the Axl Rose era. I know what's going on. <laughs> um, but I hope I hope they come here. I hope they come here that with Axl cool. Rose. That would be badass. That would be really cool. I'll have to. I gotta look up. I got. You had to remind me about that Blackberry smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, I actually I work down at at Bridgestone. That's oh, that's cool. one of my jobs. I have like nice. nine jobs, and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. And I've getting. I've got. Uh, gotten to see. Jeez. So many shows there because I've worked there for a year and a half now. That's awesome. And I think my favorite show that I've seen there is probably John Mayer. He's awesome. I love John Mayer. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck anybody who doesn't like John Mayer. I <laughs> fucking love John Mayer, and Grady, Grady Clark will he's always great. argue this about me. Uh, well, he's such a great player. When you see him live, he's an incredible blues player. He is. He's an he can incredible. shred. He could have mm-hmm. been like a studio. Side man and mm-hmm. had a career if he wanted. Yeah, he was just pretty and could write good songs, so they put him out front. <laughs> and like, I don't know when I saw him live. Um, it was oh, it was so many years ago now. But he did um, he did like an acoustic set and then a band set and then like a blues. Uh, yeah, like not with the trio, but yeah, like a lot yeah. of those kind of songs. And then um, and it was so funny because he'd do this you know twenty minute blues solo. It's just it was incredible. And then he'd do like. A couple seconds of um, your body is a wonderland, and people would go nuts. Yeah, he just kind of chuckled. Like, he's like, oh yeah. <laughs> he didn't play it whenever he played at Bridgestone. Yeah, he he wouldn't actually play it. He would just like, I think he was kind of almost like having a joke with himself. Like I, I think know so this too. is what people want to hear, but yeah, I'm gonna you know tear a guitar solo. So I heard him um, talk about doing that, and he's like, some nights I throw it in the set, and other nights I don't. And <laughs> I'm willing to bet that he didn't throw it in the set. Because he kept talking about how Nashville was filled with musicians mm-hmm. and like bringing that up while he was on stage. So I think he knew that the audience was a lot of people who would rather see him shred yeah. than anything. I love that. And I mm-hmm. thought I thought he was great. I think it's great that he's fucking playing with the Grateful Dead. I know, that's so cool. He's at like uh, yeah. to fucking play with the Grateful Dead, you gotta hold your own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what really is can. what is the name of that group? Oh my goodness. Dead and Company. Dead and Company, yeah, yeah. Oh man, but uh, yeah, he's so great. He's so he's so funny too. He's yeah, just, <laughs> got such a dry sense of humor. Yeah, he's he's kind of dark sometimes, which is what I like about him because he plays all these floofy kind of pop songs. I like the songs. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. 
But, uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's... He's such a great player. He I, is. They played at Bonnaroo a couple of years really? ago. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty close to here, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Bonnaroo's happening again in June. Have you ever been? I've never been. Are you interested in going? I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to go this year. This will be my first time going. Um, the Killers are playing. Oh, nice. Eminem is playing, and Muse is playing. Cool. And Sturgill Simpson is also playing, and nice. I fucking love Sturgill Simpson. <laughs> He's great. Yeah. He's, yeah. Have you listened to his last album, A Sailor's Guide to Earth? A little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the one that he won a Grammy for. Mm-hmm. And then recently, he was on SNL with Chris Stapleton, and they were both Ooh. fucking shredding. Mm. If you haven't seen that, check it that out. Up. Yeah. They, were, sh- they were, like, shredding. Yes. Like, okay. it was cool. And oh, they were doing so the totally, cool. like, the outlaw country, like, yes. Chris Stapleton would sing, and then Sturgill would sing. Ah, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I definitely want to watch yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I love Chris Stapleton. Yeah, Chris Stapleton <laughs> so is good. great. He so good. is fucking phenomenal. I love, um, that's, uh, have you listened to his past two albums at all? The, yeah. From, from A Room? Mm-hmm. I like that song, Them Stems. That's a great one. Yeah. Kind of like a bluesy, kind of shuffly thing. Uh huh. And then there is that cover of uh, "Last Thing I Needed, First Thing This Morning." That's originally a Willie oh, Nelson yeah. song Ooh. that he did. Nice. So heartbreaking. So good. <laughs> I but know. So sad. But I can't cool. wait until uh, like him and Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson are all sixty-year-old dudes, like the old <laughs> dudes in town who are just like. Yeah. I want them so to make funny. an album together. Yes. <laughs> that'd be that'd be great. Album. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really like that whole outlaw country thing. There's mm-hmm. a little undercurrent of that happening in Nashville now. Mm-hmm. There's something bubbling just below something the surface. Bubbling. <laughs> it feels like we're in a time in Nashville, like that 20 years from now, people are going to look back on. Mm-hmm. Like the city's growing and mm-hmm. there's a lot there's happening. There's so many people with so many different styles and genres coming in that it's probably something over the next few years is really cool is going to happen. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's like there's something waiting because every part of Nashville is like a different scene. Mm-hmm. Like there's the blues scene, there's Broadway, mm-hmm. then there is the, the anti-Broadway country scene. <laughs> East Nashville. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great East Nashville bands. Thelma and the Sleaze. Have you heard them before? I've heard the name, but I, I haven't actually seen them yet. You have to see them okay. live. They're, they are one of the greatest live bands in oh, Nashville. Oh, awesome. Down. Alana Royale, you would fucking love. Um, they're like a soul band, but they also have this kind of edge to them. Nice. That's really good. There's this other band called Justin and the Cosmics nice. that are really good. Awesome. So I, I feel like there's all of these people who are kind of the undercurrent right now in <laughs> Nashville that we haven't but that haven't hit it on a big scale yet, and mm-hmm. I'm waiting for one of them to yeah. do it. Ron Gallo is another person that's fantastic. If, nice. you, if you've listened to him, uh-huh. I walked into Zach. He was on, he was a guest on the podcast. Yeah, and I walked into Zaxby's one day, and I heard one of his songs playing over the radio in Zaxby's. <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah. that's how you know when you've made it if if your song is playing <laughs> at Zaxby's. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. It's really good. Yeah. So you're wearing that Tedeschi Trucks yes, T-shirt right now. Did you I see am. them at the Ryman? They just came here, right? No, they're coming. They're coming tomorrow. Oh, and I'm seeing them tomorrow, going, so course. I'm wearing my. Uh, yeah, you're getting all amped for I'm, it. Yeah, I'm getting getting pumped. So. so were they one of the bands that kind of first got you into the, the style of music that you're playing now? Um, well, Susan Tedeschi is one of my favorites. I I love her, and she's definitely a big inspiration. She's just. You know, she's just a woman up there shredding yeah. the guitar, singing, and leading a band, and 
Um, so I love that, and I love watching that. And the band as a whole, they're what are they up to? Twelve or thirteen people now. It's yeah, a huge band. I love they're ensembles awesome. like that. Yeah, everybody and, has their part in their piece. Yeah, and I saw Derek Trucks for the first time I think in two thousand eight when he was playing with Almond Brothers when they were touring. And mm-hmm. so, um, so I actually yeah I saw him, and then I found out about you know Tedeschi Trucks band, and saw them a couple of years later, and when they started to come together and tours that group and I just fell in love they're such a great group so much energy and I haven't seen them live um but I've seen a few videos of them my, oh, my friend so Ben Lushka you do you remember Ben mm-hmm. I think so yeah he's yeah. he's like a slide player plays this weird weird Gibson it's like a yeah. ES-175 or something mm-hmm. like that he used to have a ponytail but he cut he cut his hair, cut his hair yeah. um but he's a really big fan of them too, uh-huh. um, and he always kind of raved about the Almond Brothers. And yeah. truthfully, he was the one who got me into Almond Brothers nice. and Steely Dan. Yeah, because I fucking love Steely um, Dan. Yeah, they're great. But yeah, you should um, you should definitely, if you get a chance, see Tedeschi Trucks Band live. Yeah, they're it's just they're incredible. playing two nights, right? Four. Four so nights. Yeah, they're playing this uh, tomorrow and Saturday, and next Friday and Saturday. Uh, Sunday, I'm going to the Ryman to see Dan Auerbach. Oh, cool. From the Black Keys. Nice. He's playing. Have you listened to his solo album, Waiting on a Song? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But Not the whole thing. Yeah. I the, need to. Yeah, it's really fucking <laughs> good. It was yeah. my favorite album of last oh, year. Oh, man. And um, all the musicians he's playing with are like classic Nashville and Memphis session guys. That is so cool. From from the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. So they were the, pe- the dudes that played on like Son of a Preacher Man. Oh, man. And um, just a bunch of songs like that, and cool. uh, it comes across in the music. Yeah, oh it's man, authentic, real. Oh, well, you're gonna have a great time. Yeah, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. That'll be awesome. Um, yeah, but I'm. The, I'm very excited for the Ryman is <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh, the Ryman is so great. Mm-hmm. Have you been to shows there before? <laughs> Tedeschi Trucks band. Yeah. last year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're definitely. I'd say they're my favorite band, so yeah. I I try to see them every now and so then. So you're a super geek when it comes to them? I am. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Do you remember the first time that you heard them, or what was it about them that drew you, drew you in? The first time I think I saw them in concert was at this place called C-Mac in uh, Canandaigua Music um, up in New York, which is kind of on one of the Finger Lakes that mm-hmm. general area, and um, I think they were with the Black Crows. It was like the Tennessee oh, Trucks really? Band and Black Crows. It was That's such, cool. a, such a good show. Very jammy. Yeah, very, very jammy. Um, so, yeah, I remember hearing Derek Trucks and loving Derek Trucks, and then I heard um, a few people were telling me, like, oh, you got to see Susan Tedeschi. You'll love her. And then I you know, saw them both together and was blown away. This is the coolest music ever. So I, I just remember seeing them. Up in New York there, just being so impressed and excited. And then I had to go home and, um, yeah, listen to all the music they had out. And I've just been following them ever since. And I just, I think they're awesome, so. <laughs> so it kind of piqued your interest when you saw saw them live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you saw her shredding, and I yeah. imagine. How old were you? Oh, man. Maybe 16 or 17. But, um... Yeah, so I was like, you know, I was still young and in high school mm-hmm. and like still kind of finding my sound. I had a lot of different interests and mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, I saw them live um, and 
yeah, their their album is awesome, but when you see them live, it's even, you know, they can even, they can solo for 15 yeah. minutes, which <laughs> can't really do on an album. But, yeah. So, yeah, their album, yeah, their album was awesome, but when you see them live, they just, they just really take it to the, the next up. level, and they can, they're all soloing and just jamming, and it's awesome. <laughs> so imagine as a 16-year-old young lady, you see a woman up on stage doing exactly what oh, yeah. you want to do. What I want to do. Like, and I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was so inspiring. So, yeah, I really, I love Susan Tedeschi. I think she's awesome. And Yeah, she, mm-hmm. from what I've heard of her, she, she sounds great. Yeah. Um, and she seems to be like a real good example, I feel like, for, yeah. young, for young women, too. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. she's playing guitar and she's like a rocker and hanging with... Mm-hmm. Hanging with the dudes, because yeah. I'm sure as you can speak to, sometimes, especially <laughs> in a, a male-dominated industry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's nice to see, it's nice to see women doing that, and like, really doing it amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, so it's at a high a, level. Yeah, such a high level. Seen so. as an equal. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's definitely so great to have those people that you can look up to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is a very male-dominated <laughs> industry. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. When when you first moved to to town, did mm-hmm. you feel any of that resistance of people not wanting to let you get your foot in the door because you were a woman? Um, I mean, I mean, there's you know, there's that like kind of yeah. happens every now and then. But I think I think I was so persistent that <laughs> they didn't really. Get a chance. Can't say for no long. Say no for long. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I was really met with too much of that. Because especially going into some some of the jams, like Kara was, you know, Very awesome. Very to like, everybody. Yes. Yeah. Come on in. And so super welcoming. So I felt like I was met with a lot of really welcoming and inclusive people. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always yeah. felt like the the female musicians have a little bit more of an uphill battle in a way Mm -hmm. just because it is a male dominated Mm -hmm. industry um Mm -hmm. on both ends both the business side and Mm -hmm. the music side yeah so i was i was just kind of curious here about that because of course it's different from my experience that i've had as a a dude i mean there's you're met with a lot more like skepticism like hmm you know is she does she know how to play that thing you know like and then you fucking shred and everybody shuts up (laughs) Uh, yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's, that's always fun, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think especially with you, uh, you silence the haters as soon as you, you hit that first note mm-hmm. on the guitar. Cause you've always come off to me as super professional, mm-hmm. like a student of music, mm-hmm. you know what you're doing and you, mm-hmm. um, you command a respect about you without being arrogant or pushy or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just yeah. the way you present yourself is unprofessional. Mm-hmm. I expect you to also be professional. And yeah. I'm here to fucking play. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's the best way to, like, approach anything. It's yeah. just, you know, like, let the plane do the talking. Yes. <laughs> just yes. Come 100%. up and show them what's up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Do you have any funny stories? Uh, I always kind of like ending the podcast with a funny story about uh, a, a gig that you didn't show up prepared for, that you forgot about, where you just completely ate shit and you had to re- oh, recover man. from? Oh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like... I'm trying to think. 
Hmm. I don't know if I have. <laughs> I don't have any funny stories. Oh man. Um. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> or we can go. We can go with something alternative. What about? Um, let's see. What about? Let's end on a positive note. Okay. What about? <laughs> Sorry. I'm no, to you're good. My brain no, I, I totally put you like, on the oh, spot. Man. <laughs> um. What was a time where you thought you had the card stacked against you, but you were able to deliver and you were able to come through and kind of like shine, overcome some horrible, some horrible situation where like uh-huh. the the amp was not working, you oh, showed man. up, like they gave you the wrong call time or something yeah. like that, and you just came and you, you knocked it out of the park. There's this festival I played a couple years ago. This one's just coming to mind, um, and halfway through our set or getting towards the end but we still had quite a bit of time left <laughs> the power shut off completely 100% so the drummer's still going but there's nothing else <laughs> and um and there's tons of people dancing and you know they're kind of like what's going on what's going on but we just started like clapping and, and just singing and powered through it and I had a trumpet play with me, and she's just started soloing. We you know, we made the best out of it. We kept going, and did even the power though, come back on? <laughs> right as our set ended, like it ended, and then the guy comes up. I got it, and we're like, "Oh man, Damn. <laughs> we're done, we're done." So you know, we made the best out of it. Sure, <laughs> it was fun, but yeah, yeah, in situations like those where, oh man, there was this. This reminds me of another time um, where. I don't even I don't even know how this happened. I was playing a set here in Nashville and I played one song and I could tell that I was like probably going to get sick in the next few days, like come down with a cold. You feel and felt a little achy, you felt like, the, the you know that feeling in your voice where it's like, ooh, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna feel well in the next yeah. but you're not sick yet. So I like um so I was singing and by the end of my song I this has never happened to me before. No sound came out. Like, nothing came out of my voice. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. So, I started a second song in hopes that maybe it was just something weird, you know. I started singing, and I, it's never happened to me before. I'm, I'm, you just like, lost your voice? Yeah, like, nothing came out. <laughs> like, oh no! <laughs> like, so, was this one of your so, sets? Yeah, and it was... um. It was a 30 minute set and I got through, I got through one song and then voice was gone and then in the next song, voice was not coming back. So I was like, all right, well. You guys just do instrumental jams? Some guitar. Yeah, so we did some instrumental jams and then we just, um, somebody else who was there wound up taking the second half of the, the set, there, uh-huh. which was, everyone was fine and everyone was like, you know, like, um. I thought it was a disaster. I was so embarrassed. Nothing like that has yeah. ever happened. And but I got off stage and everyone was like, "Like, good for you for keep on playing." And yeah. you know, so yeah, I guess like you were saying, some of those situations where you think it's such a disaster and you're so embarrassed and like it's not a big deal to anybody. Yeah, else. and everyone else is just like you know, we're like we're sorry that happened, but you still sounded great. We're kind our of thing. own so, harshest critic. <laughs> it's like all right, that's good, but yeah, so. Yeah, I guess just powering through it, and sometimes you can't help things that happen. Just like with any job, sometimes <laughs> yeah. shit happens, and things it's not your fault, yeah. but you gotta just deal with just the outcome. Gotta deal with it. So yeah, I think, I think sometimes uh, if you're, yeah, if you're concerned something was absolutely terrible, usually people don't always think that. Well, <laughs> We're I think the that's, hardest on ourselves. that's the perfect note to end on. Yeah, Meg, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah.